We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You are listening to On The Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hello and welcome to On The Daily, a daily fantasy sports podcast brought to you by Rotoviz Radio. My name is Matt LaMarca. You can find me on Twitter at Matt LaMarca. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Matt Jones, who you can find on Twitter at Matt Jones TFR. Matt, what's going on? Oh, not much, man. Just uh, recording here on a Wednesday on a on a wonderful slate. So what could what could possibly be better? Uh, I could think of a few things. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, we do have a great guest this week. I'm excited to bring this guy on. He's uh, one of the most entertaining people in the DFS industry, in my opinion. Ooh. He is Steve Buchanan. He works for DraftKings, uh, does a lot of work for DraftKings Live and The the Sweat, which is DraftKings Live Show. You can find him on Twitter at SBuchanan24. Steve is the master of the hot take. He is not afraid <laughs> to speak his opinion. So uh, hopefully he's going to bring some of that energy to the program today. So Steve, thanks for coming on the program, man. How's everything going? That was a hell of an intro. I've never had an intro like that in my life. So, Lamarca, you are king of the intros right now. I try. I do what I can. You know, <laughs> if if somebody's good enough to take the, the time out of their schedule to come and record with us, I feel like the least I could do is hype them up a little bit. I, I will take the hype all day. Thank you. For, I, I'm going to be on next week now just for the hype train. <laughs> <laughs> I might hold you to that. <laughs> uh, before we get into this week, I just want to remind you guys about Rotovis Patreon. Uh, Rotoviz Patreon is rolling as we head towards the fantasy playoffs. Gain exclusive access to the Rotoviz Radio Slack channel, where you can ask league-winning questions and gain league-winning advice from many of the podcast and writing team. Get ready for the playoffs. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, and do your part in helping the network to grow and continue to produce high-quality industry-leading programming. Just head over to patreon.com slash rotovizradio. And speaking of exclusives, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get 10% off a Rotoviz NFL pass right now. If you're not already a subscriber, it's pretty simple. Head over to rotoviz.com slash podcast. Get yourself a 10% discount. Get ready for the playoff push and get unlimited access to all of the NFL content and tools. All right, quick update from week eight. Jones, you uh, moved to two and zero in our second head-to-head contest. I think I, I think I might have jumped the gun on on uh, quitting the the first one. This is not uh, not going how I thought it would go. I'm not gonna lie, my motivation has not been the same for this second contest. Oh, here we go. I'm here just we go. Being you hear this? 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. You know, I, I already got a win in the books. I feel like I'm playing with house money, uh, but I'll come back. You know how I do. Uh, so anyway, Jones uh, takes the lead there. And unfortunately, our listener league didn't fill last week. We uh, well, we had it. We had a controversy in the listener league. That was the issue. We had a controversy. I'm, well, I'm not so, sure about. So this. we oh, I'm a million percent sure somebody created a contest in the league. And so, like, there were 35 people in either contest, but neither one filled because there were two. You know what I mean? So it uh, it was it was a little confusing for the people. So I uh, I fixed that situation. You can't accidentally make a contest in the in the league anymore. So, yeah, didn't even notice that happened. You know what, though? Like, I got an invite to a contest from like a weird name that I didn't recognize. And I was like, what the heck is going on? So yep. I guess that explains it. That anyway, explains hopefully it. we can uh, we can fill that thing up this week. But yeah, let's get on to week nine. Let's start with the quarterback position. Uh, not a particularly strong week for fantasy. Uh, quarterback position is a little bit thin up at the top, but we do have Russell Wilson. He's priced at seventy one hundred on DraftKings at home. Pretty good matchup against the Buccaneers. So. Steve, is he somebody that you think you need to jam into your cash game lineup? Uh, or if not, who could you potentially see pivoting to? Yeah, I think he's in a really good spot this week. And I think a lot of the ownership is going to be away from him because he's so expensive. I mean, you look at last week, it wasn't an ideal matchup for him because the Seahawks are up 24 nothing in the first half. You know, you know that's not going to help Wilson, especially for a Seahawks team that runs 42% of their offensive snaps as running plays. And then you look at his game log. Like, you technically could say it was back-to-back disappointing weeks, just about four, uh, 15 fantasy points in both of those. And then we look at the Bucks defense, and, you know, it looks like they've had some pretty decent weeks, but it's been again against Kyle Allen, you know, big whoop. Ryan Tannehill, you know, they scraped his corpse up and, you know, throw him into a starting role. But prior to that, I mean, this is a defense that was allowing an average of 25.3 fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, over 300 passing yards in four of them. So with a, with a team that doesn't offer much of a pass rush, and now we have one of the most accurate passers going against him in Wilson, I, I think he's a very viable play. And, you know, we'll talk about some of the other positions later, but with how, you know, guys like Christian McCaffrey being as ex- as expensive as he is, I feel like Wilson is a really good spot uh, and probably a low ownership too. Yeah, I, I like the idea of paying up for Wilson in cash. I, I'm not normally of that mindset. You know, I, I normally like to go a little bit cheaper with my cash game options because it allows me to get up to those, you know, Christian McCaffrey uh, type running backs. But I just don't feel comfortable really rostering anybody else this week. And right. As much as we make fun of Brian Schottenheimer and the Seahawks offense, Wilson has been a top 12 fantasy quarterback in 12 of the past 18 weeks, and it's a great spot playing at home. So, uh, you know, Seattle right now, highest implied team total of the week. Like, I just think that for cash, it's going to be hard to kind of get away from him, I think, this week. Uh, Jones, what are are your thoughts on Wilson? Um, Yeah, I mean, obviously he's... uh... He's he's always going to be in play, even if he's the most expensive guy on the slate. Um, I do. I I don't know. I guess you guys can talk me into some value uh, at the other positions to get me up here. I I don't see it happening for me personally right now. Um, but like in GPPs, you know, you can you can stack them up a couple of different ways. Um, and I think you definitely need exposure to this game in general. So uh, I'm definitely interested in him uh, getting exposure to him. Somehow, just I don't know if it'll be in cash or not. Yeah, as far as stacking him up goes, I love Tyler Lockett this week. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But the the Bucks moved Vernon Hargraves to the slot last week, and that's where Lockett has played the majority of his snaps this year. And Hargraves is easily one of the worst cornerbacks in football. So <laughs> yeah. if the Bucks keep that matchup this week, like Lockett should just feast on him. All right, Jones, since you are so cash conscious. Who's somebody that's a little bit cheaper that you're looking at? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that I think there's a, a couple of a couple of different options that are like super gross that you could get away with. Um, the one that is sort of uh, catching my eye the most right now is Carr again this week. They have the second highest team total. They're they're back at home. 
Um, and teams facing Detroit, I know Oakland doesn't have the, the highest pace in the world, but uh, teams facing Detroit have the fourth highest pace. So I wonder, I'm wondering if maybe they, they run a few extra plays. Williams is back. Um, so I, I feel like that's, I feel like that's okay. Like 5,500, we saw him, uh, we saw a car last week, um, you know, perform, perform really well. I, I went there in cash uh, last week. So I might be going back to the well, what he put up 23 last week. Um, and he has a, he has like a, a reasonable ish floor. Like when he's not playing the bears, like the bears game was a, was a disaster. But other than that, like, you know, he's in the mid to high teens and it looks like maybe he's, he's coming around a little bit. Um, even if he's not, you know, an actually good quarterback for NFL purposes. <laughs> I mean, car car quietly actually having a pretty good year. Yeah. Right? Like, First in completion rate or tied for first, ninth in adjusted yards per attempt. So, and he, he had a pretty good year last year too. I mean, he doesn't have the same like crazy volume that we've seen from him, you know, during the years when he was like a dark horse MVP candidate. But statistically, in terms of like his efficiency, he's been better than ever this year and last year. So I could see using him against Detroit, you know, 5,500 is definitely fair. And Detroit has been shredded recently i mean uh danny nichols lit him up last week and yeah like Kirk if you let Cousins daniel jones it. do anything then like come on we'll fire it up and i do think that the tyrell williams thing matters like i think that guy is is a legitimate wide receiver on a team yep. that doesn't have a ton of skill guys so that matters yep. to me uh bukes thoughts on car or is there somebody else in this range that you like better uh this is a gpp play only for me but I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is legitimately in play for this week. I mean, you can rely on him throwing in any given week because they're always going to be playing from behind. I know this is your Jets team. I know you're not going to be too happy about this, but the Jets defense is not one that I'm looking to avoid on a week-to-week basis. And you look at what their secondary has been allowing. It's over 31 DK fantasy points over the last three weeks to opposing wide receivers. And quite frankly, I know we like to rag on the Dolphins. I know how much you know their team is awful and all that, but like – Stacking Ryan Fitzpatrick and Preston Williams, who I'll kind of get into a little bit more uh, in the wide receiver section, it's a cheap stack. You know you're going to get the targets. You know you're going to get some yardage. He likes him in the red zone. If you're going to try to pay up for some of these other guys, at least for me, like in a tournament, that stack makes sense because Fitzpatrick is not afraid to throw the ball. We know he will do whatever it is to win the game. I mean, he even rushed a few times last week, which is amazing <laughs> because it, it, that guy is is anything but athletic. But in, in, in a tournament, I don't see how that's crazy to think about because you know you're going to get the ownership too. Nobody's going to be on this, even on a week where we're really kind of stretching to play some guys. So kind of like Fitz. It's, it's ugly, but I kind of like it. Yeah, I mean, not only is the Jets defense not a defense to be feared, like their front office legitimately waved the white flag this week. They tried to trade anyone on their roster that could even be <laughs> confused with a competent football player. So... Like, this could be a true battle of which team wants to win less. Like, the Dolphins (laughs) have done their absolute best to lose games this year, but I think the Jets are about to start trying to lose uh, just as hard as them. So, and and like you said, with Fitzpatrick, you know that the guy is going to take shots. Like, that guy is a gunslinger. He's a less talented version of Brett Favre with a Harvard education. So, uh, I, I don't hate to call. I mean, he's going to be like a 1% own type of play. So right. at 4,800, you can't really go wrong there. Uh, I, I was talking off air with you guys. My, my GPP guy this week is Trubisky. Like oh. I, I know he's been just so bad this year, but we've, we've seen the monster games from this dude in the past. We've seen the 40 DraftKings points ceiling. We know that he has the rushing ability and he's taking on a Philly secondary that stinks. You know, I don't care that they looked better last week against Buffalo in a game where the winds were like 30 miles an hour. That doesn't mean anything to me. They've been shredded by basically every quarterback that's played them this year. And I actually think that Trubisky getting out of Chicago is probably a good thing for him. Like that crowd was hostile towards him last week. So, yeah. He will probably welcome the booze from the Philly fans because at least he's not getting them from the Chicago fans this week. <laughs> but the only thing is, is like, are you trying to use him in cash or in tournaments? Oh, tournament only. 
Sorry. Okay. Because I was because I was going to say like he has no floor. Like he has no, absolutely yeah. no floor because especially now because like you you mentioned the rushing but like he hasn't at all. Right. I know he did four in the last game, but you look at all the all the other games he's taken uh, five total before last week. And he's just not doing it at all. So that was kind of the caveat with him is yeah okay maybe he's not going to get those deep downfield shots, but at least he'll do something with his legs. He hasn't been doing that at all. So that you know he's definitely not a a, a cash play. And even he's fringe tournament for me. Like, believe me, there's nobody who likes to pick on the Eagles secondary more than me. Like Jalen Mills, I wish I had a poster of him so I could just throw darts at him because that's all people <laughs> do on the football field. It's just I don't know how he's how he's a National Football League player. It's just that bad. But uh, man, Trubisky is a tough sell for me. I, I would be more comfortable just taking Allen Robinson as a standalone. But getting Trubisky in the lineup that's that's tough for me. It's fair. It's definitely a reach. I'm okay with that, though. Uh, Jones, I'm going to kick it to you for Brandon Allen. I know you're the resident uh, backup QB guru. Is he oh, someone man. that you're considering this week at 4100? Uh, no, I, I'm trying to. I'm trying to figure out like some sort of justification, but no. Like, I, I guess if you're if you're like really in on you know. You think Sutton's gonna gonna do something with him, or uh, my my tight end of choice this week uh, also resides in Denver. So, oh God, again? Um, well, <laughs> we were just a month too early on the last time we <laughs> we wanted to play him when Ian was on. So it's it's fine now. Uh, it, I mean, if you wanted to get crazy and do like a double stack of with those two guys and him, and just pay for whatever the hell you felt like elsewhere. I guess there's a, an argument to be made there, but you can see I'm, you know, I'm pulling a couple muscles stretching to to find an explanation for that right now. Well, I'm proud of you, Jones, because last year you would have been like 4100 cash game quarterback. All I need is 13 <laughs> points from him. No, no, it it depends. The, like I I know little to nothing about him. Like if it was somebody that I knew, like it would be I'd be singing a different tune right now. <laughs> All right, last quarterback, and then we can move on. Am I crazy if I want to play Matt Moore if uh, if Matt uh, Mahomes is ruled out again? Mm, I don't know about crazy. I, I, I just what is he forty eight? Forty eight hundred. I just I'm, respect the Vikings secondary a lot more than I think other people because I, this is not the first time I've heard this already. Because you just think about the weapons that he has surrounding him, and obviously there's a lot of talent there with Tyree Kill, you know Robinson. Nico Hardman, I mean, he's got the talent there, but I mean, he hasn't looked exactly impressive, even in, you know, against a Green Bay secondary that's questionable at best. You know, Denver is a different story. They're a better team you want to run against. But uh, I mean, 4,800 is not the worst. But personally, like for me, I could, I could get more at the same price or Fitzpatrick. And I know right. it's like, you know, do I want to play? I mean, what a decision to make here. Matt Moore, or Ryan Fitzpatrick, like we're reaching here. But for me, at least I know what I'm going to get out of Fitzpatrick or I don't know where I'm going to get out of Moore. And quite frankly, I feel like this could be more of a game where Kansas City's trying to run the ball more because at least they can get try to get something there. But uh, I'm not crazy. I would rather take Fitzpatrick, personally. Welcome to NFL Week 9. Oh, we're debating between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Matt Moore at twenty at uh, forty eight hundred. Appreciate the invite, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, the holiday rush is coming, and if you sell stuff online, you better get ready with ShipStation. More people are buying online than ever before, and you have to be able to keep order keep track of your orders and ship them out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. How do you know that you're getting the best rates? How do you decide which carrier to use? How do you track all these orders? That's where ShipStation comes in. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and delivered in time for the holidays. No matter where you're selling, either Amazon, Etsy, even your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. That makes your orders really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, and UPS, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customers. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for the large Fortune 500 companies. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best available rates. Take the hassle out of the holiday shipping this year 
Let ShipStation help handle everything with ease. Just use offer code BLUE to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, offer code BLUE. ShipStation.com, make ship happen. All right, running back. DraftKings, uh, Steve, you're over there. They must have finally heard me complaining for about seven (laughs) weeks that Christian McCaffrey is too cheap. And they finally decided to get him up where he deserves to be. 10K this week versus the Titans. Uh, They also priced Dalvin Cook up to 9,500 versus the Chiefs. Uh, Steve, you think these guys are now too expensive or are you still trying to jam one or possibly even both of these guys into your lineups? I mean, we're talking about two running backs that probably have the safest floor out of everybody in this list here. There is a way where I think you can realistically get both in. Now, this is kind of how I landed on the Fitzpatrick-Williams stack because they kind of help alleviate um, you know, the salary burn that you're taking on with these two guys and then you get a cheap tight, uh, I'm sorry, a cheap defense in there and now you're kind of working. Like you have some wiggle room to do it there. Uh, for me, it's tough to fade McCaffrey because when have you been able to fade McCaffrey other than week two against the Buccaneers and feel okay about it? Even last week against the absolutely stellar 49ers defense, he still came away with only 30 and a half DK fantasy points. And he came in at like 12% ownership too. At least with Cook, at least I know that this is a defense he can run all over. Like the Chiefs now have actually allowed more fantasy points total than the Bengals. The Bengals have been a team that have allowed the most fantasy points out of all the teams. The Chiefs have actually leapfrogged them and now number one. So what is difficult to get away from, though, is that the Titans give up a ton of receiving yards to to running backs. And that's where I'm really kind of wrestling with this. So for me, I, I there is a path to get both of them in there. Push comes to shove, I'm going to take Cook because I feel like you need to save as much as you can to fit some of these guys in. But it's damn close. But, you know, it couldn't be a worse week to have McCaffrey at 10K with all the trash cans that we have on this slate. Like, it, this is on purpose. This is a troll drop and a half. I had no influence on the price. But I, I know that they were laughing when they were, like, putting this in. Like, yeah, we'll show them. Week 9, 10K for McCaffrey. Uh, yeah, I uh, I was very high on McCaffrey all week. I mean, we talked about him, Jones, on our show last week. And, of course, at the last second, I pivoted to Saquon. I mean, Saquon was fine, too, but McCaffrey is just so good. And I'm a little upset that I didn't take advantage of low on McCaffrey week because he's expected to be the heavy chalk again, despite being 10K. So I always want to play him like I want him in my cash game team every single week because there is no way to completely script him out of the game. Like, no. He'll catch passes or he'll run the ball. I mean, he's averaging like five yards per carry inside the tackles and he's the best receiving back in football. So there's just no, there's just nothing you can really do to stop him. So yes, the answer is yes. Get Christian McCaffrey on your teams this week. Uh, Jones, what are your thoughts on these top two guys? Yeah, there, there's no way that I could see myself not playing Christian McCaffrey pretty much regardless of the circumstance. Um, so I, I was looking at some of the the Rotoviz tools uh, earlier with the weekly stats, and there's he's seeing 20 carries per game, which is about half a carry per game ahead of Marlon Mack, who basically sees no targets, right? So Marlon Mack is 6,400. He's all uh, McCaffrey's also seeing over seven targets per game, which is more than Tyler Lockett, who's 7,500. So unless they price him at like 14 K there's no, there's no possibility that I'm not going to play him. Like you're just, you're literally getting uh like a fringe wide receiver, one target share plus 20 carries a game. Like that's just, it's absurd. There's no, there's no price. They're ever going to put him at where I'm not going to play him. Um, I guess you could fit them both. If you like, like C was saying, like you could definitely, figure out a way. I, I don't know that I will. Um, in in tournaments, I'll definitely have some cook uh, for all the reasons that, you know, you already mentioned. But um, I think you I think you just have to make sure you at least get your cash lineup this week. Yeah, I do think it's possible because I think there's a lot of like value type wide receivers you can look at. Yep. Um, 
I'm not sure if I will end up going in that direction because I do think there are some other, you know, solid running back plays in the next tier down that we'll talk about. But I wouldn't blame you if you wanted to just jam both those guys in and call it a day. Yeah. I mean, you got to think, too, there's so much uncertainty on this slate. You know you're going to get points from these guys. Like, you're going to pay for it, but you know you're going to get points from these guys. Whereas, like, Le'Veon Bell's in a great matchup, but can you trust that he's going to get you those points? You can't. You know, he was supposed to be in a good spot last week. And how did that end up? Well, not too well. Spoiler alert. Didn't go too well. 6.5 DK fantasy points. Thanks a lot. But with McCaffrey and Cook, you know you're going to get that, those double-digit points. So on a week where there's a lot of uncertainty, this is one of those ones that I think that if you can fit them in, if you can make it work, this is your best bet. All right. Well, what do you guys think about Aaron Jones? Because he's slightly cheaper. He's only coming in at 7K. But we actually have him as having a pretty similar ceiling projection to guys like McCaffrey and Cook uh, on the main slate. So, like, do you think that's a viable pivot that I can do for my cash game team? Uh, Certainly, Jones is in play for tournaments. Like, he has just been very good the past couple of weeks. He's been really involved in the passing game, which is uh, a nice little wrinkle for him. But do you think that he's, like as equally strong of a play as those top two guys. I mean, at least for me, uh, unless Devontae Adams is back, I mean, he's almost a lock for 20-plus touches. I mean, he's averaging 6.3 targets over the last three games, 12 carries. You know, obviously, if Adams is back, some of that receiving appeal is gone because that's we all know that's Aaron Rodgers' guy there. But I don't see the Chargers scoring a ton against this defense. Like, I think they're still a little bit overrated. Like you can definitely run on them. So I think like this is a great spot for Austin Eckler, but they're not going to get much through the air. Like we've seen the mess that is the Chargers offensive line as of late. Like, you know, Phillip Rivers doesn't run well, but like he's had to like run for his life, it feels like, over the past few weeks. So now you get a tough Green Bay secondary against, you know, aside from Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, who does Rivers really have to throw to? Like Hunter Henry, yes. But I just don't see the Chargers scoring a ton of this game. Like, this game set at, at minus three and a half for the Packers. Like, that's a joke to me. I don't know why it's so low right now. Like, if you're going to be betting something, like, hammer that right now before it starts going up. But this is just a game that, to me, with how poor the Chargers are against the run, this is an Aaron Jones script game where he could just take a bunch of carries, catch a few in the beginning, and and, and go off. And at, you know, 7,000 feels like a really enticing salary because they played in that primetime game he doesn't see really any ups or down in the salary jones you like uh do you like your name counterpart aaron jones or is there someone else <laughs> oh. that you prefer yeah no i i definitely i think that the the move is at least two of the three running backs that we've talked about in cash if you could figure out a way to get Dalvin in there with with McCaffrey, that's great. But there's there's a much higher likelihood that I'm going to have McCaffrey start with McCaffrey and Jones, and then kind of figure everything else out as I'm as I'm making the rest of the lineup. Uh, like you you know, like you mentioned, like his ceiling is is kind of absurd. Like he's he's running routes, he's getting targets. Um, what do you have? Like a hundred hit 159 receiving yards last week. That was like. Insane. It's it's nuts, and it's not necessarily something that we all uh, would have predicted coming into the season. But we uh, we're definitely seeing this like crazy usage with him. So yeah, I I think that you have to uh, you have to have uh, a lot of exposure to Jones this week. I do think Steve's point about Devonte Adams is smart. If he's back in, that receiving volume is probably reduced, but it still is a really good spot for him at at a pretty reasonable price considering, you know, what the rest of the RBs are priced at this week. Like, he's popping as the top option in the Fantasy Labs models by, like, a substantial amount this week. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Anybody in, like, the sub-5K range that you're considering this week, Bukes? (sighs) I kind of sort of like Frank Gore at 4,300. Uh, I only I know he played only 17 snaps in in week eight, but I mean that's a game that the Bills were getting crushed. You know they lost that game, 31 to 13. But that was a game where it was more game scripted for Devin Singletary. You saw six targets in that game. That's not Gore's game. But in a game now where the Bills are favored by nine, I think Gore should get some of that late work if that ends up being played out as it is. We know that he's a red zone option there for them. 
again, there's going to be, you're going to look at your lineups at lock on Sunday and go, what the hell am I putting out there? But that's just kind of how this slate is. And like, once you can kind of accept that fact, I think you can really start making a lineup that makes sense, at least on paper. And, and Gore is not a sexy option. He's not somebody I like taking on a week to week basis, but we've seen him kind of perform well against these weak running defenses. And this is kind of one of those weeks, I feel like, um, against the Redskins. So again, not crazy about it. You know, Singletary in the mix doesn't help, but Singletary's not going to be, you know, hogging the carries. He's going to be hogging the targets. And I don't think the Bills are going to be playing from behind in this one. So I think the past couple of weeks are kind of, a you know, not the right picture to paint on him. We saw when Singletary was out, double-digit uh, fantasy points in three of those games. So 4,300 is kind of hard to pass up, quite honestly, if you're looking to save some some salary. Jones, thoughts on this sub-5K tier? Um, yeah, no, I, I feel like none of these guys below 5K are cash viable this week. Um, just not the way that I'm going to build. But I, I do agree, I think... I think Frank Gore could, you know, fall his old ass into the end zone once or twice, maybe. <laughs> um, outside of that, like, as much as I really do like, uh, I do like Cook, Madison is seeing a little bit of no. an uptick in work. What? Not this week, Jones. Not against Kansas City. Like, he's been playing I- a lot when the team is up, like, two touchdowns. You think that's happening against the Chiefs? I, I agree with Jones, just just for the record. They weren't. They weren't up. When were they up two touchdowns last week? Didn't they win that game by like? They won they, the game by ten. Whatever. They nine. were considerably ahead in that game the entire time. Okay. Well, they've they've shown a clear a, a clear like increase in touches for him over the past couple of weeks. He yeah. had fifteen opportunities last week on just nineteen snaps, and I don't think that I don't think they want to run cook into the ground and you know madison had six red zone rushes last week he's had 12 over the past three weeks like they're they're not not using him and he's 5k so if he if he finds if he finds the end zone you're you're looking at a ridiculously low owned leverage play and hey maybe if cook doesn't get into the end zone and he only quote unquote only has like 20 points or 22 points you're looking at you know some some serious leverage on the field. So I'm not saying I'm not saying cash. I'm not saying you should you know make him like a core play. But I, I do think he's an interesting flyer this week. Outside of that, like everything is so gross. Like I, I'm not really that I'm not really that interested in in a lot of these guys. Can I say something crazy? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say something crazy. In a tournament, I don't think it's obscure to play both Cook and Madison in a tournament lineup. Because you are literally soaking up all of the running equity, the running tu- the rushing touchdowns by playing them both. If you think that the the Vikings can handle the Chiefs, which I think is possible with more under center, I don't think that's crazy. I uh, I, like I, I think it's crazy, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's just me. I mean, listen, like I, I think Madison's a good football player. I do, but. He played 19 snaps. You said it yourself, Jones. He played 19 snaps. I don't care. Yeah, and what, the every, ball, time every time he got on the field. Yeah, well, that, that's that an matters. aberration <laughs> when you're playing a bad football team. That will not happen this week. Absolutely. It's not like he's. He had, it's he had not like he's touches last week. It's not like he's 3,800. He's 5K. Like you can but, play. So, hold on. So he played on 19 snaps last week. You said he played yeah. on. Yeah, Jones said 19 snaps. Okay, so then on those snaps, he had 13 carries and was targeted twice. So when he's on the field, the ball's going to him. Okay. I'm just saying, what's his ceiling at 5K? And that's fair. They're really, they're, I, it's still undetermined, I would say. But, like, but you you're... can't put a number on that right now. But even in the limited snaps, he's on the field to get the ball. Is basically what it's coming down to right now. Yeah, and you're also talking like who's, who's around him that has a ceiling. Uh, Dalvin Cook has a ceiling. Oh, you're so saying Dalvin, Dalvin you're saying Cook in terms of pricing. I thought you meant who's around him on the Vikings. <laughs> no, I'll give it's you a all... guy. How about the homie Miles Sanders at 4600? Oh. Assuming he that play... he is is healthy and ready to go. Okay, so the the hurt guy that played 13 <laughs> snaps last week and got six touches is the 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 play over the guy who saw more snaps and more touches. <laughs> <laughs> he had 22.8 DraftKings points. 
and didn't play in the second half, really. Madison right, hasn't but, done that. But you just said it yourself, Okay, how too. about he, Melvin he Gordon hurt. at 5K? No. How, how about Royce Freeman at 4,900? Where, where are these ceiling games that you're talking about with these guys? Seriously. What, what is ceiling is like 15 points. Okay, All the most points, the most points that Royce ball. Freeman has scored is 16 points this year. So, like, what are what are we even saying? Like, <laughs> I right, feel like I'm whatever. I feel like I'm going crazy here. <laughs> I feel like I'm going crazy that I have to defend against Alex uh, Alex Madison this week. <laughs> but whatever, you that's know, fine. Play let's him. just make Play it simple. Let's Melvin make Gordon simple. has had 11 points. That's his ceiling game so far this year. So, okay. go for it. He's had we'll he was on the field for 25 snaps last week. <laughs> Take another thousand from another position. Lock in Austin Eckler. Problem solved. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I would much rather that. All right. Well, then let's talk about Harry's. Uh, humans have been shaving for thousands of years, and the secret to a great shave hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters, which is a sharp, durable blade at a fair price. Uh, I'm not somebody who shaves every day. Jones can attest to that. I'm looking a little grizzly right now. But when I do, I want a close shave, an easy glide, and a low price. That's why I use Harry's. They have a phenomenal product, and it's perfect for me because I don't need a subscription to use them. Whenever I need a refill, I can just go to the website and have them send me a batch of blades. Uh, Harry's is a re- return to the essentials. You get a quality, durable blade at a fair price, just $2 per, per blade. It's super convenient. Uh, you can do it like I do it. Go online and get refills when you need them, or get on a subscription plan, and they will be delivered directly to your door. So if you're somebody who shaves every day, you know, you got that 9 to 5 grind going on, want to look sharp, Harry's has you covered. There's also no risk to you for trying them out. If you don't love your shave, just let them know and they will give you a full refund. Listeners of On The Daily can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Just go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. All right, wide receiver. Uh, Wide receiver is like particularly brutal this week. We have nobody over 7,800. A lot of the top guys that we normally look to, like Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, not available. So we're left with a interesting top tier at wide receiver. Uh, Jones, amongst the guys who are like 7K or more, is there anybody that you're looking at this week? And if so, who? Just for the um, just for the exposure to the game, um, I think that Tyler Lockett is one of my favorites this week. I know you you mentioned that you're you're into him this week as well. I think that realistically, everybody from Evans up probably has about the same ceiling. I would say, um, and probably close to this. Maybe the Tampa Bay guys have like weirder floors because of Jameis, but. Um, <laughs> The rest, of, the rest of these guys, like they're all, they're all just kind of like the same. Like they're seeing similar workload. They're, they've seen, you know, the same sort of out fantasy output so far. Like I'll probably just end up mostly playing the the game theory uh, game up here and uh, go for the low owned guys and GPPs. And I really don't see myself getting up here in cash. So I, I'm. It's kind of whatever, like if I'm stacking one of the quarterbacks, I'll have these guys. But other than that, I don't know. I, I'm not like I'm not over the moon about anybody. Uh, wh- what say you, Steve? I really like uh, Kenny Galladay. And, you know, you look at what he did last week, 32 DK fantasy points. Majority of that came in the second half. Like he had an abysmal first half. And for a while, it looked like he was just going to end up being a total bust. But, you know, six catches, 123 yards, two touchdowns. And then you look at the matchup against the the Oakland Raiders and their secondary has been brutal. Like, I, I feel like it's a team a lot of people don't talk about picking on their secondary. But, you know, Galladay is going to see a rookie cornerback, Trayvon Mullen. He's going to see Daryl Worley in coverage. Like, Worley specifically, target against 35 times, allowed 19 receptions, 265 yards, and two touchdowns. Like, Galladay is by far the number one guy. I'm surprised the Lions receivers aren't getting as much love, at least early in the week. 
uh, than they should be because this game is a high total too as well. So uh, Galladay Stafford, I like the two of them uh, paired up together a lot. And I think Galladay is my favorite of the bunch. I did not realize the thing about Hargraves going to the slot. That does make me like lock it a lot more because Hargraves has just been, I don't, I, I don't know what his deal. He's like Jalen Mills Jr. this year so far. Um, but Galladay coming into this podcast was, uh, was my favorite amongst the group. Yeah. I think you guys nailed the, the, the plays that I like the most. I, I will throw Chris Godwin out there. I think just in terms of pure ceiling, he might have the highest. Like it seems like every week, one of those two Tampa Bay guys goes off. And last week it was Mike Evans, so this week is probably going to be Chris Godwin. It just seems like that's the way that this situation is playing out this year. But looking at the Vegas data from that game, I'm getting a little nervous about it. Like, the total has dropped from 53 to 50 and a half already. Like, that's a pretty big drop this early in the week. Uh, I don't know if there's some weather issues or something going on out in Seattle, but... There's something about that game that the Sharps seem to expect it's going to be low scoring or lower scoring uh, than initially thought. So that's just something that I'm I'm monitoring. But I agree. I love the ceiling on Galladay. I was so mad that he was like 30% owned last week. I was hoping <laughs> yeah. that, you know, coming off the two target game, people would kind of be afraid of him. But uh, there's there's very few bad fantasy football players anymore like everybody is informed like three years ago i would have got kenny galladay at like 10 percent or less and it's just <laughs> it's just not like that anymore i mean the only thing about that game total dropping is i was surprised at how high it came out with to begin with because winston has seven interceptions in the last two games like that is just i he doesn't know who's on his team like i, I want to know what he looks at when he's looking downfield what does he see that nobody else sees? Because let me tell you, he doesn't see anything good. Seven interceptions in the last few games. It's amazing. But with the amount, you know, amount of turnovers like that, like you realistically, like, can you expect a high game from him until at least he starts showing something? Like that, that's the, at least how I look at it. Like you can't trust Winston to be putting up the points. They have no run game to begin with. So it's almost like you got to get him on a good day to, to hit the over at this point. That, at least that's what it feels like. Yeah. I mean, Tampa Bay games have gone over by an average of like 10 points per game this year. Now, granted, that is buoyed by, uh, you know, a 55 to 40 yeah. shootout versus the Rams. <laughs> but if Jameis is turning the ball over a lot, like that should still theoretically lead to points. It's just going to come on the Seattle side, not the Tampa side. So I'm still just conflicted on that game. I'm going to be monitoring it as the week progresses. All right, let's just uh, let's... Re- wait, wait re- real quick. Have you guys followed any of this like potential burner from the Bucks GM? Oh, God, nonsense. No, no I didn't hear about that. OK, so just just very quickly. The, uh, there's this like Twitter account that wrote literally a 400 page book about why Jameis Winston. It's called Jameis Winston derangement syndrome. How media bias causes us to overlook the start of a Hall of Fame NFL career. <laughs> Oh my God. My God. <laughs> I just bought it and it's like it's even better than than the title suggests. Uh, fake news. That's the world we live in. <laughs> I'll be I'll be tweeting out uh, screenshots of the book as I work my way through it. <laughs> Excellent. Look look forward to your work, sir. <laughs> All right, sorry. <laughs> Let's move down a little bit. Um in that next tier down, like the five K to seven K range, uh Bukes, who are some guys that you're potentially targeting here? Yeah, we hit upon uh, upon it earlier. Terrell Williams, I feel like, is somebody you have to roster, especially in a game where we're expecting a ton of points. Like, when you think about a receiver to play from the Raiders, it's Darren Waller, because Carl loves going to him. But you look at what Williams has done, and the the problem with with Williams is he hasn't been able to stay on the field. He hasn't been healthy, but when he has been healthy, he's averaging six targets a game. He has a 21% target share in the red zone. And, you know, quite frankly, if it wasn't for the past two weeks, we haven't seen Waller hit pay dirt at all. He was got all these, these these yards, he got the receptions, but he wasn't scoring any touchdowns. But Williams has scored every single game that he's been active so far this season. And now we have a game over 50-point projection with the Lions. I mean, it just feels like another spot where he can get uh, another one here. So, you know, if, if you're looking for another cheap stack, you know, I know we talked about Derek Carr being as cheap as he is. You pair him with um, Terrell Williams, and you're looking at about 12K total. So, for a guy who is probably the fringe wide receiver one, wide receiver two, loves using him in the red zone, makes a lot of sense in the mid-range. Yeah, he's scored in every game he's played this year. 
Yeah. And we know he's capable of ripping off the long one. So I like that call. Uh, Jones, who else in this in this range are you looking at? All right. So Allen Robinson at 6,800, I think could. I, I don't know. I mean, again, it's Wednesday. It's early in the week. I think he'll be relatively low owned. Like, I think that people are going to gravitate towards the Tampa receivers a little bit more um, or just, you know, pay down a little bit. His his ceiling is kind of weird. Um, I think that, like, obviously Chicago has a whole host of problems, but he's seeing so many targets that, like, what is he, 9.3 targets a game and almost 100 air yards a game. Like, he, the guy has to have a, a true breakout at some point. I know he's had, what, a 25 and a 28 or something like that, but um, that's within his outcome, the range of outcomes, I guess. Uh, and I think that he'll be underowned for, uh, the targets that he sees. I mean, you know, I'm in on him. I've already oh, said I'm, I'm playing the biscuit this week. So I think that, <laughs> that Robinson is the obvious pairing target with him. Uh, I'm going to go similar direction. Uh, I love Cortland Sutton as a player. The guy is a baller. And I think people are going to be scared of him with no Joe Flacco, but who cares? Joe Flacco sucks. Like, <laughs> like Kyle Allen can't be that much worse than, or uh, I'm sorry, not Kyle Brandon Allen. Allen. Yeah. Brandon Allen. Brandon. He can't be that much worse than Flacco. So I just, no, I'm going to buy the no talent. Way. I'm going to buy the talent at 5,800. I think that, uh, you know, right now we haven't projected for like less than 5% ownership. If that's the case, mm-hmm. love it. Yeah, right. no, I, I agree with that. I think that there are some pretty appealing like punt plays in the low tier this week. Um, Steve, you kind of mentioned Preston Williams. I think that both the Miami guys are definitely in play. Like you could go with Preston at 42. You could go with Devante at 44. I think both of those options are fine. I mean, Curtis Samuel is questionable right now, but if he plays, I think he's appealing at 4,300. Uh, Mike Williams continues to just be the target machine with absolutely no production so maybe you want to go back to that well uh but like i think that if you are looking to pay up for at running back this week this is a pretty appealing tier to target so uh jones what are your thoughts on this like sub 5k tier of receivers Jeez, I mean, did you did you leave anybody for me? Those are like, <laughs> those are the guys. Like, well, you can I, just I expand. You know, say I agree uh, with you. I like this I do, guy because I do agree with you. I, I I'm glad we're back on the same page in the in the wide receiver segment. Um, yeah, no, I I totally agree with those calls. I think I think all that um definitely makes sense. I, I think that's probably where I'm gonna stay. Um, in this range, I really don't want to take too too many shots. Um. I think that that's like a I think the the four guys that you just mentioned is a is a really solid core when you put on top, you know, Terrell Williams and and Allen Robinson, if you want to pay up a little bit more. Um, I, I don't think you really need to go uh, too crazy unless I'm just I'm just completely uh, whiffing on somebody here. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of all that I'm interested in. Bukes, thoughts on this tier. I got one for you. Thirty five hundred. Tajay Sharp from the Titans. Oh, God. <laughs> so, hold on. So, I, I, I was kind of going through some numbers, and I was surprised by this. So, since Ryan Tannehill took over, he's only seen six targets, right? Of those six targets, five of them in the red zone. It's That's something, good. right? That is pretty good. You know, the, the Panthers secondary really has been scored upon much. Like, this isn't like a smash spot or anything like that, but they give up a ton of yardage, 150 yards in four of their seven games so far this season. Like, this is a total tur- uh, tournament punt play at its finest year. But, you know, like I said, since Tannehill has come over, for whatever reason, he has some infatuation with Sharp in the red zone. I think that could potentially change if Delaney Walker is active, because that's kind of always been the red zone guy for the Titans. I don't know if that's just a Marcus Mariota connection or if Tannehill will kind of go that route. But, you know, at 3,500 for somebody that's going to get that many looks in the red zone, you, you kind of have to think about it for, you know, he's close to the stone minimum, really. 3,500. You can't really go too wrong there. If he scores a touchdown, that's it. I'm golden. That's all I was really looking for to begin with. So at that price range, definitely not the worst play at least in my opinion you know feel free to say it's a shitty one but that's where we are (laughs) i'm gonna throw one more guy out uh and this is again like you have to monitor the injury reports because if Devontae adams comes back it doesn't really matter but 
Alan Lazard, 3,900. He actually led the Packers wide receivers in snaps last week. More than MVS, more than Geronimo Allisman. So uh, I think that he would become an interesting punt play if Adams is ruled out once again. Because anybody that plays with Aaron Rodgers and is the number one wide receiver conceivably has some value. Yeah, I mean, 14 targets over the last three weeks. The, the only thing with him is that the the buzz was kind of out there on him last week. So uh, he, you know, he didn't do that much. He had 9.2 fantasy points overall, which is, you know, nothing great. But, you know, you paid 3900 for him. You, you might get something pretty similar again. But, yeah, obviously very contingent on what comes back with Devontae Adams. You know, if they end up shadowing him, if he comes back, that opens up Lazard a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, at this range, you really can't complain about what you're getting here. All right, football season is in full swing. Every weekend, our favorite gridiron warriors are putting their skills to the test. So why aren't you doing the same? We're almost halfway through the NFL season, so now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with MyBookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all of your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sportsbook on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. Pick your locks for the week, put them together in one bet, and if they all come through, the ward, the rewards will be huge. Tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? My bookie wants you to get your mind off everything else and back on the NFL. The best part is, if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right, if you put in $1,000, they will give you $1,000. Double your initial deposit that you can use for all of your favorite picks. Just use promo code ROTOVIZ to activate the offer. That's promo code ROTOVIZ to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. MyBookie, you play, you win, and you get paid. All right, tight end position. We've got three guys priced at 6 k or higher this week. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, Hunter Henry. Uh, Bukes, who is your favorite in this tier, and how are you approaching these guys? Yeah, so, I mean, we're talking about a lot of positions that we do want to pay up at. Uh, at least for me this week, tight end is not going to be one of them. Of the three guys that I do like, though, I think it's Hunter Henry. I mean, he just keeps getting peppered with targets each and every week. And then, you know, it's hard to really gauge how defenses perform against tight ends because some teams simply just don't use them at all. But when we've seen the Packers against a team that does use the tight end heavy like the Raiders when they face them, uh, Waller went off for 11 receptions, 172 yards, and three touchdowns. Like, we're not going to expect that from Henry, but that just kind of shows what the scheme is there against opposing tight ends. So if that's the case, Hunter Henry at 600, I'm sorry, 6,000, which is the cheapest of the bunch, feels like the best route to go. But again, overall, tight end is not a spot I'm looking to pay up for this week. Yeah, I've been paying up at tight end pretty much all season, but I agree that this week is not the week for it. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey playing with Matt Moore, not particularly appealing, so... Uh, I've loved Darren Waller. He's been my guy, but with, with Tyrell Williams back, it seems like his target expectation might be slightly lower. Uh, and I do agree Hunter is probably the best play here, but I think we can get, uh, you know, better values at the position by paying down a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jones, what are your thoughts on this top tier? Um, yeah, I think I'll probably, uh, prioritize Waller this week. Um, just just from a from a target perspective, like he's seeing as many targets per game as like Kenny Galladay, like in that tier. Um, and that's just that's super valuable. Sixty three hundred is, you know, if you had Galladay for that price, you would definitely take it. So um, I like that. I, I like playing him a little bit. I, I think I will probably get up to Kelsey in some tournaments with uh, if I feel like playing some Matt Moore, if he's in uh, just to just to save a little bit and get something a little bit low owned. But I, I think you could probably throw a dart at any of these three guys and feel pretty good about it. Um, but I, there's no way I'm playing any of them in cash. All right, Jones. So then who is the cash game target that you're looking at? That would be one Noah font. <laughs> okay. Buddy. <laughs> he's, he's 3k he's uh he's actually more expensive than the last time we played him i think yes, um <laughs> that's because all that production that's been coming um he he might actually be bad like his 
<laughs> like he, his hands might not always work as well as oh, you would hope God. for somebody who needs to uh, who needs to catch things. Um, but he, <laughs> his targets have gone up each of the last four weeks, uh, really since we played him. Right, like the the week that we played him was the just rock bottom one target for six <laughs> yards, and since then he's gone up three, five, and eight. So. Oh, just just really <laughs> really swimming in it um but the the more uh intriguing part is that he was in he was on the field for 60 out of 73 snaps last week and i i mean 3k it's it's the classic like if your tight end catches a touchdown you're fine and you can move on like that's that's probably it i'm not playing julia it's his husband um <laughs> i'm just completely done with him so yeah uh, a ringing endorsement from matt jones no production. He's more expensive than the last time we played him, and he might not be good at football. I, I think it's probably like he's most likely not good at football, but it doesn't matter. I will say that uh, tight end is a his, like notoriously hard position to make an impact as a rookie. Like right. Gronk is basically the only guy who's ever been productive as a rookie tight end, um, and, and I think Hawkinson. we can. <laughs> in week we can one pretty we can pretty clearly say that neither of those guys is gronk so yeah no definitely not uh that's fair you mentioned zach Ertz. i i do kind of like him at 47 it's 4700 uh, for zach Ertz. that's ridiculous uh, i know, know but he's like getting out targeted by dallas your audio is just killing me right now all right <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember where my train of thought was. You were telling us why Zach Ertz is just a smash. I wasn't saying smash. Like, okay, so he didn't have as many targets as Dallas Goddard last week. He had six the week before, nine the week before that. Like, that game against the Bills was just a very weird game. You know, the Bills do have a tough defense, and the weather conditions were weird. Like, I'm okay with throwing that game out the window. I'm looking more at the long-term like sample size here, which is that Zach Ertz is like a 6K type of player that we can get for 4,700 this week. So I'm not saying you want to use him on your cash game teams. Like he has displayed a pretty low floor this year, but as far as upside for tight ends, like it's hard to find a, a tight end that has a ceiling of like 5X on their salary. And Ertz has that. So here's the thing with Ertz, and this is why I'm totally off of Ertz probably forever. <laughs> if he's not ca- if he's not catching touchdowns, what is he good at? So you look at his red zone targets that he's had so far. He's had 10. Seven of those targets came in week two against the Falcons. Since then, he's had three <laughs> since week two. He is the epitome of a guy that catches the ball and falls down. His yards after the catch absolutely blows 24 percent of his total yards have come after the catch what what, what happens he he's mike evans he's, he, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's amazing though because people have this infatuation with zach Ertz, but like kind of sucks i will say that's how i used to play football like when i caught <laughs> that ball i'm going right down i don't want to get hurt Are you kidding me <laughs> but, this, but this see i wouldn't roster you <laughs> yeah, that's true. If uh, if if middle school football DFS existed, I would have been a stone min. I would have been lower priced than than Noah Font. The only the only, the only one K receiver on DraftKings. <laughs> hey, tight nope. end. You know, let's not let's not go crazy. I'm a tight end. I'm All probably right. an offensive lineman, but back then I had yet to fully develop my man body that I have today. You know what? You gave, me, you gave me a stellar intro. I had to hype you up a little bit. I was just returning the favor. Um, but, but truly, like, Ertz not getting anything in the red zone is just an absolute killer for me. He's not a yards after the catch type of guy. Uh, I get that he's really cheap. I get he's in an appealing matchup. But, like, for me, if I'm going to go cheap at tight end, I'm going to play whatever Buccaneers tight end is active, whether it's O.J. Howard or, or it's Cameron Bray, 3,200, 3,100 between the two of them. Seattle is mediocre at best against opposing tight ends. Neither one are in a great spot, but again, the, the price point, 3200 for O.J. Howard. We know he's got the talent. We haven't seen it really this season. Cameron Braid's good for a potential touchdown. I don't think you can go wrong with either one here, but Ertz is just a, is just a no for me. He's going to have to keep going down lower for the production that he's had. 
That's fair. Uh, I agree. If Howard is out, Braid becomes like the lock tight end cash game play. Um, if both of those guys are active, I could see going up to Greg Olson at 3,500. Uh, his production in his last game wasn't great, but he has shown decent chemistry with uh, Kyle Allen for most of the season. So um, I agree that that's sort of the, the range you want to be targeting for, for cash games this week. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this baby up with defenses. Uh, just going to keep it simple here, Bukes. Give me a defense that you're looking at this week. So I know we don't like paying up high for defense, and you know it might be kind of tough this week, but I just can't get away from the Seahawks at 3,600 against against Winston with the amount of turnovers that he's generating. Like I said earlier, uh, seven interceptions over the past two games. Like that's just ridiculous. It's absolutely asinine that a quarterback could be turning over the ball that much. But if you don't want to go that high, um, at least from what we saw on Monday with um, Mason Rudolph, I don't think playing the Colts is too crazy at 2,800. Um, you know, they're not a team that have been generating a lot of turnovers, but they have 19 sacks on the year. Uh, Rudolph, to me, just didn't look comfortable. I don't know if it's just because coming back after the concussion had a lot to do with it, but, you know, the Colts are good for a few sacks a game, at least uh, six over the past two weeks if you want to pay down. But at least for me, those are the two I'm kind of targeting at this point. I feel like I change my mind a lot on defense as the week goes on, as you know yeah. injuries pop up and whatnot. But at least as of now, uh, those feel like the, the two uh, safest to me at this point. I think Carolina at 2,800 is also going to be like a very popular option this week. Sure. Uh, we have them projected right now for over four sacks at Fantasy Labs. So wow. uh, <laughs> they're coming off you know a, a dreadful game against the Niners, but... Uh, nobody is going to confuse Tennessee with with the 49ers right now. So <laughs> I think that they're a fine option for uh, for cash games. I- I'm not going to play them in tournaments just because I think you always want to avoid the chalk defenses there. But we kind of made fun of these guys earlier. I might roster me uh, the New York Jets in some tournaments this week. Wow. Nobody's going to play them at 3,500. And Ryan reason. Fitzpatrick is a walking <laughs> turnover. Walking turnover. The guy's uh, good for like three a game. If the Jets can take one back three. to the house, it's got upside. That's all I'm saying. That's just so expensive, though. Thirty-five, yeah. I that's don't know. so expensive. That's the. I think your I think your homerism it. is is getting <laughs> in the way here. Nope, You're wearing Jets. a Jets hat right now. I hate the Jets. They're the worst team in the league outside of Miami. But you know what? They're playing Miami. Right now. So I just checked real quick. They have scored a total of nine fantasy points over the last they four. They double it this week. <laughs> oh, eight. Here we go, baby. That's, that's some value at 3,500. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jones, real quick, some thoughts on defense this week. I mean, you know what the answer is. I'm super pissed there's not a $1,500 defense this week because they would just be they would just be a lock. So you I guess I'm Washington just going to at 18. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to play Washington again for sure at 1,800. <laughs> Like there, there's, there's just no way around it. It's, it's literally impossible. They, they've had multiple sacks in each of the last four games. They've had multiple picks in two of the last five. Like they're, they're, they're just smashes. Like it's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) They have exceeded scoring based expectations in each of the last five weeks. Yeah. That's what happens when you're free. (laughs) (laughs) Very fair point. (laughs) But yeah, that's, that's where I, I, if I am paying up, it's gonna. If I can find the thousand dollars in cash, then it's Carolina for sure. But um, it's probably gonna end up being Washington. <laughs> it's really not the worst play, though. I mean, to be perfectly honest, with the way that some of the bonehead passes that Josh Allen makes, like Washington is perfectly capable of, of picking them. Like right. it's not crazy. So no, I I, I agree. Play. I think it's viable as much as I. Just love the fact that I can always count on you to play the cheapest defense. (laughs) I I do think it's a viable play this week. (laughs) All right, that's going to do it for this edition of On the Daily. Uh, I want to thank Steve again for coming on the program. Make sure to go follow him on Twitter at SBuchanan24 and check him out on DraftKings and the DK Live app. Uh, Also, you can find all three of us occasionally on The Sweat for DraftKings, which is their live show. So. If you had fun listening to us today, keep your eyes open for, for some more appearances. Uh, for Matt Jones, you can find him on Twitter at MattJonesTFR. I'm Matt LaMarca at Matt LaMarca. Thanks for tuning in.
Thank you for listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.